it's one thing to be free, which is fantastic. But if you are free with no meaning, that can present its own challenges. And I try to help people work through that as well, because the better prepared you are, your businesses, that's one side of you know the the the, the exit, the dream exit. The other side is welcome to the business ownership podcast brought to you by awareness strategies helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership hey there peeps this is michelle nedelik and i'm super glad that you're here with us today because i am here with my most amazing guest mike mike thank you so much for being here with me today thank you michelle i'm glad to be here awesome so let everybody know who you are and a highlight of your business Okay, sure. I'm Mike Malatesta. Uh, I am an entrepreneur, a business owner, uh, and I am a dream exit expert, um, meaning that I help people uh, achieve, entrepreneurs and business owners achieve what I call the dream exit that they deserve. I help them prepare for it. I help them execute on it and I help them realize it. I love it. So how did you get into exiting businesses as your thing? Yeah. Um, well, throughout my career, I've been very fortunate to be involved in starting uh, two businesses, um, two big, bigger businesses uh, in, <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> in the uh, in the waste industry. And uh, during my time in those businesses, I, I was fortunate to get a lot of exposure to uh, M&A, uh, buying companies, and also uh, selling to companies as well. And when I was looking at, you know, my sort of breadth of my experience and my skill sets, I thought, um, you know, where's the one place where I see a real need um, that I am uh, uniquely sort of able to uh, fill that need? And what I saw in my my own experience of buying companies is that the the vast majority of the people that we engaged with were not ready to sell their business. Not meaning they weren't ready, like they were ready because they were frustrated or whatever, but they hadn't planned to be ready. In other words, so it was always a catch up. So they were ready, but their business wasn't. <laughs> yeah, or they they may not have been themselves really. They, okay, you know their readiness may have been the byproduct of some other issue, you know, Michelle. So, so I saw that and I thought, well, that's, um, where can I provide the most value to, and I love entrepreneurs and business owners. It's like my, they're like my favorite people. And so I thought, well, how can I best provide value to them? So, um, so that's why I came to this. So, um, and then besides this, I've, I've invested in over a hundred private uh, privately owned companies. And, you know, I've tried to support entrepreneurs and business owners however I can, because they're just so important in my mind. Um, and I want to do everything I can to help them. I love it. So let's go back to that stage of business, because I often talk about what I consider the four stages of business, the startup, growth, scaling, and exiting. And mm-hmm. to me, there are very four very distinct <laughs> stages of business and i don't think a lot of people appreciate that so i want to get into that but i want to kind of back up the bus to the readiness of getting there because a lot of entrepreneurs either think of well the business isn't working i'm just going to shut the doors and get out of here and close it and they don't think about that they're actually 
in a really good position to sell their business. So talk to me about kind of what you see at that stage and what kind of mistakes people are making and what they could do um, in order to save their, their business and actually create some capital. Yeah. I think one of the, so there's two things there. I think one, um, I do not think that anybody should be thinking about their business as something that doesn't exist without them. Um, there are lots of businesses that have lots of value that, that the business owner, because they've chosen to look at this as sort of their thing and it's not really, uh, they, they convince themselves that it's that what they're doing is not sellable. And so when they're done, it's just done. And I feel like that's really the worst thing that can happen to you because you're, if you're really into owning a business or being an entrepreneur, you're not, you're not in it for the job. You're in it for the value creation and the value creation comes, uh, as a byproduct of all the unique things that you do and put in place. And those aren't limited to you, even if they are limited to you right now, like longer term thinking, they're not limited just to you. And I think the second thing is that, uh, it's just easy to put off the planning for it, Michelle. It's, uh, uh, you can call it kicking the can down the road, not wanting to, to, you know, look at what happens when, you know, I don't have this business anymore. It's just, it's kind of like, you know, putting your will together and stuff. It can be very challenging. And, and as I said, easy to put off. Um, but it's weird because successful business owners don't put many things off. Right, they they're very intentional about uh, continuous improvement, um, uh, growing and scaling their business. As you mentioned, they're very uh, you know differentiation. They're they're very intentional about all of those things. And then when it comes to exit, they're like, eh, not ready, not ready to put the time in for that yet. And uh, and I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to make it easy for them to put the time in. Uh, to do it. Nice. I, I would agree that there is, and I think it's a conditioned sense of finale, fin, finality. Is that a word? Yeah, it's a word, a word yeah. now. It's my word now. It, that they don't want to have to, like you said, it's like setting up a will. It's like, oh, then it's done. Then it's over. Right. And, and what they don't realize is kind of the freedom on the other side of that. Because I have worked with a lot of people who are in the business of mergers and acquisitions or MAs and in the fun that can happen after they get that infusion of capital. And it's like, okay, now what do you want to do with it? Now the fun begin. Now you're actually playing the game. It's kind of like, uh, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki's game where you finally get out of the most, uh, the rat race, and then you get into the business race and that's where the fun begins <laughs> so you yeah. just and, and even in business there's this sense of yeah there's this thing and there feels like a sense of finality once you get there but it's actually freedom on the other side of that how do you notice that or how does that play out with your clients well i mean i'm glad you used the word freedom because that's really what you're in this for is for freedom it uh it can very easily uh not feel like freedom and it can be very difficult uh on some days to feel trapped and the you know the completely the opposite of freedom but freedom like everything else is the result it's a byproduct of a plan it's a byproduct of execution and 
so I completely agree with with what you were saying there that that's the end goal is freedom but I think there's something that needs to be attached to freedom and that's meaning um it's one thing to be free which is fantastic but if you are free with no meaning that can present its own challenges and I try to help people work through that as well because the better prepared you are your businesses that's one side of you know the the the, the exit the dream exit the other side is how prepared are you for the freedom you're going to have uh, as a result of this 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 sale. Um, so I, that's a way over. That's even more overlooked than preparing your business, you know, for for the maximum value outcome. So I like to spend a lot of time just asking questions to people, making sure that they are considering what life will be like uh, after. Um, uh yeah and freedom isn't the isn't is isn't the only thing that you're going to need to be clear about <laughs> right with freedom comes you know 360 degrees of options and as yeah. we all know with those <laughs> options that can be kind of terrifying it's kind of like all of a sudden you're you're on the cliff you're on the precipice you can see you know kind of the end of the world and it's like okay, well, I can parachute off, I can walk down, I can, <laughs> but you got to start looking at what are those options? What do you want to do? How do you want to do it? And to your point, knowing your purpose helps give some direction to which options you want to narrow it down to so that you're funneling it yeah, in a I think cohesive it's really sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Because you could easily, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, successful business owners, they are, um, uh, you know, they're, they can tend to have little addictive tendencies, you know, <laughs> and freedom and no meaning and addictive tendencies that can get you in trouble sometimes. So. <laughs> Not a good option. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk about that stage of getting ready. How do you help business owners get ready for the, for the exit stage? Yeah. So I start with a playbook process and it's essentially a, a 10 modules, 10 chapters, and we basically go through all the things that I feel you um, need to be thinking about and be uh, executing on in order for you to have a chance at maximizing the value of your business and, you know, getting clear and maximizing your meaning as well. So we start um, with, depending on the, on the sophistication of the person that, that, we're starting with or the organization that we're starting with, we might start with just all the different options for M&A because there are a ton of different ways to sell, people to sell to, terms and things you need to be aware of, all of that stuff. And then from there, we built, we basically get into building value, building value um, in the business uh, over time, building value in yourself over time. What are the things that we need to do in order to um, create a story around your business that's true but different than what everyone else is is saying about the business, and then we um, uh, talk about having the right advisory team. Like you got to get a right the right advisory team in place well before you want to sell. Um, and uh, you know the best thing ultimately that that. The, the thing I want everyone to come out of the playbook process with is confidence that we can now execute on these uh, uh, this playbook that we've created. And over the next 
18, 24 months, we can build so much value into this business that we weren't able to or weren't prepared to do before we started the process. And it doesn't matter if you're, um, you know, even looking to sell in 18, 24 months, that doesn't matter. What matters is through the playbook process, you understand what needs to be in place. You adapt or adopt a buyer's lens on your business. And anyone who does those two things is going to have a better business and be a better business person than, than someone who does not. Thanks. So when it comes to setting up their advisors, uh, most people listening to this are going to think, well, yeah, Mike, you're going to be my advice. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you mean by your team of advisors? Yeah. So you need to, when you get into a sale process, you need to have people on your team from an accounting standpoint, tax standpoint, uh, law lawyers standpoint, um, that are, uh, experts in M&A. Many, the, the mistake a lot of people make is that they have an advisory team. So I'm like a guy, but I'm not a lawyer and I'm not an accountant. So just to answer your question specifically, but um, so it's a lot of people come to the table in a sale process, which, and they ha which they haven't prepared for at all. And they come to the table with the lawyer who's sort of been there, uh, you know, like they're drew up the, the, the legal docs for their business or something. And they're maybe did some estate planning for them or something, but has no M and a experience, but they're like, Hey, that's my person. Yeah, that's my person. And same thing with an accountant, same, you know, they, they just, you want to come into this process with people who are, uh, have a lot of M and a experience, um, because, when you're dealing with a sophisticated buyer, the one thing that you want to make sure that they have is confidence in you throughout the whole process. And the playbook gets your business and yourself ready for that. The right advisory team speaks the same language as their team is going to have. And you can be sure, uh, you can be more sure that you're not going to have a frustrating process because your people don't speak the language. So it's all about, it's all about up leveling you so that you have the smoothest possible and best outcome as you go through it. Because I do think that there's a lot of um, misunderstanding when it comes to selling a business, especially in kind of to what you're talking about. People get used to buying things like houses and they go, oh yeah, that's a, that's a big purchase. So therefore I understand this whole process of buying and selling mm. business. And it's like, yeah, kind of not. <laughs> it's not really yeah. like that at all, actually. Kind of not at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like you have these kind of six seats on each side of a boardroom table and across from that table is their six people and they all need to have that, you know, the accountant needs to talk to the accountant, the lawyer needs to talk to the lawyer. Is that kind of how it goes down that they're going to be asking certain questions and you need to be able to have those answers. And then, unless you have the people that know what <laughs> questions and answers are going to be coming, because there's a lot of prep work in the background, like yeah. the meetings happen and they're, you know, they could be a half hour meeting or you could drag them into an hour, which is <laughs> brutal. Um, but you're only dragging them in because you haven't done that prep work on your own side when you go to the table. That's yeah. my understanding of it, but feel free to, what is your experience of that? So one of the, one of the most frustrating things for, uh, in a, in a sale process is, uh, uh, an alignment on 
um, you know, the sort of macro goals, like we want to acquire your company, you want to sell your company to us. So you have alignment on that. And then when you get into the negotiations, it, it gets disrupted by uh, people who don't understand how to, how to uh, codify that alignment. So for example, your, <clears throat> so a business owner goes into a sale process, they haven't prepared at all, but they have a, you know, someone put a number in front of them and they're very excited about it as they should be. Um, so they, they, they bring in their team of people who don't have any experience um, in this, but have a relationship with the person. So their lawyer and accountant, let's say, and they start going down this process and it's very frustrating for both sides because the, the, the seller has no, they can't come up with information that's needed like right away. You got to be able to come up with your information right away. They're overwhelmed by the requests, which they shouldn't be. They should be prepared for that. And because they don't have the, the, the experience, the, you know, sort of the, the seller side, let's just, or buyer side, um, let's just assume that they do have the experience. They're asking for things, for example, that are very, um, well, they're matter of fact in these kinds of things. And then they're getting a response from a lawyer or an accountant that's like, why would you be asking for that? That's great. And that, so the alignment starts to break, break down. And, and then it can be very confusing for the entrepreneur or business owner too, because the people that they trust, their lawyer and their accountant are like, you know, kind of chirping in their ear, like, Hey, this isn't fair. Hey, this are, you know, it's just, it's, it's unnecessarily complicating something that's already complicated enough, Michelle. <laughs> it, it definitely is. And, and I, I appreciate that it's, you're you're pointing out the distinction of the exiting stage is a very distinct stage. <laughs> it's yes. not like startup at all in any way, shape, or form. So is there a time and a place when somebody can start to prepare for the exit stage? Or is it something that you just kind of build your business to the point where you start to go, hey, okay, I think I need to exit my business and we'll start planning now? Yeah. I think it's um smartest to start planning when you feel like you've reached the point, like you mentioned, startup, growth, scale, exit. I think when you've reached the point where you're at the growth scale balance or you're into the scale thing where you really start needed, need to start thinking about just as a, just as a, uh, a risk strategy, like what's going to happen to this if something happens to me? Let's forget about what happens when I sort of cash in when I'm 50 or 55 or whatever. So what's going to happen if some, what's going to happen to this business if something happens to me that when you reach that point, I think that's the trigger for you to start thinking about exit planning, not exit ting, but exit planning, because at that point, you know that your business, you know, you've had success in your business. You know, there's a lot of room to run. You know, you're building value that someone else might want. And you're telling yourself, okay, I don't want to mess this up. How do I, how do I get super clear on this so that as we continue to go forward, I, I, I not only know what I want to do with the business, but I also know what I want to do to make sure the business continues to grow um, value and is attractive to a lot of sellers. 
our buyers. So when in those stages, so we've been talking about kind of the startup growth scaling being kind of st steps on a staircase. Yeah. There's also the personality type that loves to start up a business, but hates the monotony of growth. Or yeah. there's ones that love kind of getting it to the growth stage, but they really hate just throwing money at the problem and scaling it. Is there a time when you can sell your business, even though it's in startup, it's still in that chaos and mayhem kind of phase, but that there's somebody out there that knows how to take that and put it into the growth phase and that's their mojo. Like, is is there a time and a place for that too? Yeah, I think I think there, there probably is. I think it's a lot uh, more limited than... Um, than what we were just talking about before, but yeah, sure. I mean, what there's always going to be, well, almost always going to be someone who thinks that they can fix your problems. So if you want to give them, you know, if you want to say, look, I got this to where it is. I don't want to do all the rest of the work. You be the problem solver who, who takes it the rest of the way you can, you can definitely sell that business to some people, small number of people. Um, but if, but most buyers don't want to buy, they don't want to buy your problems. And in most cases, it's hard to sell your problems. So yes, if you are a startup, if you are like a, like a startup savant and you can start stuff that, um, gets immediate traction and while it may not be profitable or, or it may not be positive EBITDA, I mean, there is a, there is a, there is a road to that. That's very clear. Sure. That kind of business has value um, and can be sold. Uh, the other pe people who don't want to scale the business, unless you're that you've got that sort of visionary, like hyper, opportunity that you've created, I'd say that's a little bit tougher. Like not many people want to, and not many people want to pay for the growth that they're, they think they're going to have to be the ones who create, like, you're not going to create the growth. You, 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 you are going to sell me a story of the future that I have to make happen. And I don't really like that idea. Um, or I don't like paying for that idea at least. So yes, I think there, there are definitely, I mean, look, businesses get sold all the time. Um, for all kinds of reasons. And so, yes, that could definitely happen, but I don't think that's a max value, max meaning sale in most cases. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you about a Cinderella story of one of your clients, but before we do that, we're going to take a break. Are you running a business over seven figures, but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap. So I am super excited to ask you about a Cinderella story of one of your clients. Yeah, so I'll talk about Dave. Uh, I started working with Dave and Dave had a computer a business that did um, like IT support and he also did production, like video production and that kind of thing for conferences and stuff. And when I, one of the things that I 
was so unique about Dave's thing was that this guy, it, he had, it was, the business was successful, is successful. Um, he'd been at it for a long time. Like he started it when he was in his college dorm, you know, one of those stories. Very, it was just a very impressive story. The, the issue that, that, that Dave had was that uh, he was thinking about exiting, but he had no understanding of how to get there. He kind of kept thinking like, oh, I just keep running into a wall, running into a wall. And so, and what was unique about him is that he was, um, uh, what do they call it? Workaholic? He was a workaholic. And one of the things that I think a lot of workaholic, and I was a workaholic too, I think. So I don't say this as, you know, I, like I'm so better than anyone else and I'm not, but I learned over time and I was able to teach Dave over time that being the workaholic in his business was probably the worst thing he was doing to create value with it for two reasons. One, um, you know, I call it tallest building syndrome. If you're the tallest building, you're the most likely to get struck by lightning, right? And when you get struck by lightning, that's a problem. You're, and number two, you have no idea how strong your foundation is when you're the strongest, uh, the tallest building. And your real job is to create strong foundations because that creates strong value creation in your business. So with him, we started right there. You, If you want to find out what's really plateauing this business, stop working as much, stop being here as much, start observing what is happening when you are not around. Because what you've done is you've conditioned everyone to let you be the person who solves all the problems. And, and that can feel great. Um, and and it's, it's easy too, right? If you're that person, it's like, well, it's easy for me to do that. The, and those are both true. The challenge though, is that no one wants to pay for it, for that. So you are not um, you're not building a strong foundation and strong value. You're not creating strong value in your business. So that's kind of like, okay, well, we, every playbook's different. You got to start with where the person is. You got to meet them where they are. That's where he was. And that's where we started. Now he has not sold his business yet. So I don't know ultimately what the outcome is going to be, but I do know that he is much better and his business is much better prepared for max meeting, max purpose as a result. Nice. And hopefully you spend some time somewhere <laughs> tropical, warm, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right. We're with his family. <laughs> I, I, I do love yeah. that part of that stage of the business It's like, okay, so here's the plan. You're going to take your wife on the holiday that she's wanted for like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to tap in. You can tap in twice. You get, you get the weekends to tap in. That's it. Yeah. Super hard. You know, when your business is worth the most, when you're needed the least, like when nobody <laughs> needs you, you know, you finally made it. That's how I like to look at it. Right. Uh, I like to get people to the point where their business runs better without them than with them, even if yeah. they choose to participate in the business of it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. You're exactly right. Same page, same page. <laughs> I love it. So give us, we went through kind of some of the stumbling blocks is somebody's at the point of frustration. They're like, or, or just, you know, it's time to get out of this business. Uh, I want to go and travel. And um, so they're at that point or they're, they're thinking of, I need to have the right team in place. I don't have the right team in place. This is not getting me there. Is there any other stumbling blocks that somebody might have right now? And they're thinking, oh, Mike, I need you so badly right now. Yeah. Well, I hope so because you have them, whether you want to admit them. <laughs> 
or not, my experience says you you probably have them. So I'll, I'll address it. You know, if you're thinking about exiting right now and you want to do it right now, it's probably too late. It's probably too late for you to 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 maximize at that point. So what you want to be doing is thinking about okay. So the exercise I like to do with people is very simple. I call it I call it red, gold, green, right? So red is the reality check. Where are you today, Michelle? You know, we just look at all the different components of your business and just rate them, you know, one to five. Where are you? Right. And then we and then we look at gold. Gold is where do you want to be and when do you want to be there? Let's just take you out into the future and pick a time. Doesn't have to be the exact time, but let's pick a time, three years, five years, whatever, down the road. Tell me what that looks like. And let's get clear about that. And then and then we go to green and green is like, okay, so we have red, we did our rating, we know where our gold is. What's the first thing that we can do in each of those red uh, categories to take a step forward? And if I can get someone to understand that that makes sense, like intellectually at least understand that that makes sense, then they're ready to put a playbook together and start really being intentional about making that gold happen. Nice. I love it. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How do they start that journey with you? Yeah. So the best way is to go to my website, which is dreamexit.com, or you can also well, you can connect with me there. You can also connect with me by email, which is mike at dreamexit.com. Um, you know, uh, send me a LinkedIn connection. I'd be happy to uh, connect with you there as, if you'd like as well. But I'm very open. I'm very I'm very willing to have conversations with people. I'm not trying to, to um, put you into a funnel or anything like that. I'm only trying to help uh, entrepreneurs and business owners get the dream exit that they deserve. And I'm, I want to get you started on that now before it's too late. I love it. So peeps, we will of course have all of Mike's links in the show notes, go ahead and scroll down and click on those links, open up in a new browser. Cause we're not done yet. So Mike, I get to ask you at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Well, um, I'll tell you the dream and then I'll tell you the reality. <clears throat> the dream is when I was four years old, I lived across the street from a construction company, Michelle, and we, I, I, I just loved everything about the trucks and the guys and the smell and the sounds and all of that. And I would sit on the curb in the summertime in the afternoons and I would watch them bring their trucks and their rigs back. And I would be just like, man, I didn't know what a business was at that point, of course, but I was like this is cool right this feels <laughs> yeah so then so that's when i'm four i'm fast forward 20 plus years and um in it i'm in a uh a job i get fired from the job and i think to myself all right what next right my immediate reaction is to get another job it's almost like i had put that feeling when from when i was four like in a safe somewhere you know and it just was locked up and um, I had a conversation with a, with a guy who ended up becoming my partner and he was like, Hey, let's start a business. And I was like, you know, that's a good idea. Um, and sit around his kitchen table and we put a plan together and, and, uh, that's 
that's what that's that's the reality that's like where the reality was i needed a job i had somebody who was willing to help me complementary skill set uh support mechanism uh supportive uh spouse and what the hell and we just started nice. well and you created a couple of epic companies so tell me how did that transition and then where did you grow those companies too yeah well thanks for asking so yeah we started that business in the first business and came out of that kitchen table we started in november of 1992 just with nothing and by the time 2015 rolled around so 23 years later um we had a we had a business that was doing about 45 million in in revenue and we were active in in six or seven states uh in the u.s and um we had we had a regional platform that was um you know, might not have been the greatest out there, but it was pretty good. And, <laughs> and we got, we got some significant interest in buying the business and, and ended up selling that business. Um, as nice. I mentioned, 2015. That's awesome. So when you started that company, did you have the intention of building a eight figure business or did you just go like, how can we get clients or what, what was your mindset at that kitchen table? Okay, so at the kitchen table, the mindset was we can definitely build an eight-figure business um, quickly. Can do this six months. We're we know, yeah, we know how to do this. <laughs> uh, the reality <laughs> was that uh, once we actually got our got got going, it was like, man, this is not easy. <laughs> um, this is going to take a little while, and so um, so we did have the mindset, um, but you know, it was kind of pie in the sky a little bit at the time because we just thought we were smarter than we were. Um, but we had grit. Uh, we had um, confidence and we had um, commitment and okay. we just kept applying those for years, obviously. Yep. And it, until it's just, you know, started to, to. Do um, you remember hitting the million dollar mark? Yes. And yep. what was that like? Uh, it was, so the million dollar mark was, was phenomenal. That happened in our second year. Um, but what was more phenomenal was the, um, the profit that was more, more phenomenal. Cause we, and we never, you know, um, we never, focused on profit we never focused on money we always focused on do what's best for the people we're working with and the money will come never have to worry about the money if you're doing everything right for your client customer and your and your team um but uh but yeah we started so second year third year we, we passed a million in the second year and then it gets a little fuzzy from there it's like all the things i don't exactly remember but it felt fantastic i mean I mean, we really had nothing. I, I mean, when I say nothing, I mean, we had nothing. And um, to be able to do that in an established industry, we, you know, we weren't creating the next newest thing that nobody knew about. It was an established industry. We had to compete. Um, it felt really, it felt really good. And, and it's always the little, I mean, that's not a little win, but it's always, it's always taking something positive out of everything that you're doing. Um, particularly the, the 
the wins are, are nice to take something positive out of. Um, that keeps you going. That's what that, at least that's been my experience. That's what keeps you going because man, if you just focus on everything that's going wrong, it can be, it can be a, it can be a long, long days, long days, long, it's gonna weeks, be long, long 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Long 20, <laughs> long 20 years. Yes, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Nice. So what would you say was one of the most arduous times you went through and you're like, Oh my God, if we had known that we wouldn't have had to go through that. <laughs> that would have been worth missing out on. Yeah, that one, that one's easy, unfortunately. Um, so my partner, uh, uh, his name is Butch Weiss and about 11 years into the business. So we were probably a $10 million business at that point. He was, uh, working in, a uh, one of our plants. <clears throat> we had several plants at that time to process waste and, um, there was a, there, he was working on a tank, the tank caught on fire and he was burned very, very badly and, and ended up uh, passing away a couple of days later. And so that was by far uh, the, the most significant challenge that the, that the business faced, but, but even more than the business for me, it was the most significant challenge in my life because, you know, you think back to this kitchen table, we started around as his kitchen table. Um, and now, you know, I felt responsible for this. Um, and I just, uh, it really knocked me for a loop. It took me a long time to get past that and to get, um, that was kind of my, my anti-fragile test of my life was if I can get past this, not that I'd ever, not that you'd want to, but if I could get past this, I just felt like there's nothing else that can stand in the way. And so, um, so that was the toughest thing by far. Right. That my heart goes out to you. That would have been brutal. Cause at that point I'm thinking you would have been probably best friends. You would have been kind of built. You're still in a point where you're building everything together. So you're yeah. still clearly getting along. Like how yeah. did you get through those, especially the first few months I mean, at 10 yeah. million, you're probably um, at the point where the company kind of sort of runs itself, but at the same time, it doesn't. Yeah, I I, I was still kind of like, um, so tallest, you know, tallest building. I was kind of still in that phase at that time. So it was a, it was a, it was a challenge. So I, I call it the valley of uncertainty. I, I, I sort of dropped into this valley of, you know, just all kinds of questioning myself. Like, what, what am I doing? Why are we doing this? What? you know, what just happened. And I was yeah. kind of like the opposite of the person that I always wanted to be because I always wanted to, I was always at that point in my life, I was always someone who wanted to find the answers. Like I didn't need help for anything. I just need, I could just find the answers. And after Butch passed away, I found myself in this valley and I thought, I kept thinking, well, I hope someone comes along and, you know, reaches their hand down in here and grabs me and pulls me out and brushes me off and says, here's where you, here's what you need to do. And where, you know, and of course that person never came. Um, so it's just a matter of, you know, time is, is great. You know, it really helps a, a human. Um, but, but also, you know, I just, I, I looked and I said, well, okay, so Butch is gone. There's nothing I can do about that now. But we've got all these people here that depend on 
on us. We have all these clients that depend on us. You know, if I'm going to give up and throw in the towel, which is kind of what I felt like doing at least some days, what's that going to do for everybody else? It's not going to get it done. Um, so I guess it's, you know, and I had, I mean, I had a strong, you know, strong family, strong support group and strong team. Um, so it was, it was a definitely a time in my life where, when I thought, I, as I mentioned, I thought, well, I'm the type of person who doesn't need any help. It definitely taught me a different lesson about needing and, and, um, benefiting from help. And then it changed the whole trajectory of my thinking after that. It just was a, it was a, it was a, it was a horrible, um, event that I still think about all the time. And, but it was transformational too, because it made, it made me realize that, you know, things that you love, things that you've built, things that are valuable to you can be gone like, like that. And that a little bit of that goes into my thinking about what I do now, because, you know, you, I don't want business owners and I don't want entrepreneurs to, to have something horrible happen. And then everything evaporates their minds, you know, their, their willpower, their commitment evaporates their desire. They're someone that they, you know, the some, something or someone that the whole business was built on evaporates and, and then it's just gone. So I don't want that to happen to well, anybody. Absolutely. Well, we will thank Butch for all of the the tendering process that you went through through that. Um, because you know, we appreciate that you have stuck with it and that you're at the point where you know how to give these things up and not be the tallest building. Uh yeah. and I think a lot of people need to kind of see that without having to go through that themselves. So yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. Yeah. That was touching and awesome. You have been absolutely awesome. Do you have any last words for our peeps? Uh, I love what you're doing. Keep going. Uh, if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or anybody that's doing something special, just keep going even when it's hard. And when you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm, I think I've made it, start planning for... Uh, start planning for uh, your eventual exit because everyone is going to exit their business. That's a fact one way or the other. Let's do it in a way that creates a dream for you instead of a nightmare. Thank you so much for your time, Mike. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Yeah. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you very much. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Are you running a business over seven figures but still struggling with technology headaches? Pay attention. You do not want to miss this offer. This podcast episode is brought to you by Awareness Strategies, who is offering a custom-built digital adoption roadmap for anyone running a business over seven figures who's wanting to grow their business in the next five years. And it's not just a roadmap. They offer full implementation as well. If that scares the out of you, check out awarenessstrategies.com forward slash roadmap for more details today. The link's in the show's notes. Don't regret not doing this. Do it now. That's awarenessstrategies.com slash roadmap.